Yeah, hey everybody, it's me, it's Peter. Welcome to another episode of the Man City Voice podcast. Um, on today's episode, well, today's episode um, is in the wake of another victory for City, the 4 0 win at the London Stadium. Um, but first, we're not going to talk about that, but I'll tell you what's coming up. So, firstly, we're going to talk kind of a, a little international roundup, but to be honest, the main focus of the international roundup is going to be around um, the performance um, and is just the player that is Fabian Delph. Um, that's going to be kind of the ma- the main focus of the first little section, only kind of a little small section, but um, I think it's u- kind of a, a useful point to, to mention just how well Delph has done, um, just especially this past week, but pretty much since he signed for City, um, his general attitude and things like that. Uh, then we'll quickly move on to um, and have a good old long chat about um, the, the 4-0 win against West Ham and just how impressive City are at the moment um, how well in particular David Silva and St- um, Sane and Sterling played at the weekend um, and then looking forward to the Champions League match um, this week um, which effectively based on this recording will be tonight um, but yeah the, the, the Champions League match against Lyon at Lyon in France lots of injuries um, will Foden play we'll have a chat about that get my view on it and then, just a little kind of looking forward to the Christmas period. Kind of already mentioned it in the last episode. But, yeah, so many matches. Um, a lot of kind of some long-term injuries. Obviously, the the kind of the, the Mendy situation. Um, Bernardo Silva's recently picked up an injury. Gundogan, Gabriel Jesus aren't travelling to the Champions League game tonight. Lots of injury concerns. Kevin De Bruyne is still out. Hopefully, he's back in the next kind of couple of weeks. That would be awesome. Um, so yeah, kind of uh, a look to the future and kind of what it means in terms of injuries and squad depth and kind of can we carry this run on and that kind of thing. So yeah, first things first, let's go back to the kind of just before um, the weekend, the international break. Uh, lots of City players um, out on an international break and kind of mixed fortunes for a lot of them. But yeah, my kind of the main focus of the, like the first little section is just to reflect on um, just what a week it has been for, for Fabian Delph. Um, just like I said, ever since he signed for City, um, he's just been an absolute model pro. In many ways, he's kind of replaced um, what James Milner was for us. Um, um, now, obviously, that uh, he's at Liverpool and do, doing well, and it's no surprise that James Milner's doing well at Liverpool because he is an absolute model professional. Any position that he played for City was asked to play for City, whether he was kind of centre mid, left wing, left right back, whatever it was. Um, come on as a sub, do a job wherever it is, wherever it was, he would do a job, and kind of that's what. Fabian Delph has pretty much been asked to do ever since he signed for City. Um, but the, pro- the progression that he's made um, has been astounding. Now, Fabian Delph has always been a really talented player. There's a goal that he scores um, that he scored a few years ago now for Villa. Um, it's literally one of the goals of the season. If it was a Brazilian who scored that goal, um, it's amazing. He kind of picks up and kind of centre midfield, does a little kind of fancy flick, and gives a little give and go, and ends up smashing it into the um, into the roof of the net. It's, it's an absolute wonderful goal. Lots of skill involved. And you can kind of tell from that goal just how technically good he is. That he's got he's got a lot of skill. He's got a bit of pace about him. That kind of thing. Um, but just I've just been amazed at how well he's progressed under Pep and just how well he's doing um, the professional job that he continues to do 
Obviously, Mendy being out, and we'll kind of come on to that in a second, kind of what that might mean. But um, an amazing week for Fabian Delph. But he absolutely deserves it. He's been an absolute... Um, you know, he's, been a, he's only been there for kind of a couple of seasons now for City, but he's a, he has been uh, a, a real kind of force for good in terms of the squad. Um, and I think that should should be recognised. And I know a lot of City fans will recognise it. I think it's kind of uh, important to call it out. But um, I imagine it was a really proud day, not for him, but also his family as well, that he kind of captained the side, England side, against the USA. And then an absolute man-of-the-match performance against Croatia. I mean, he did things in that match that I think Henderson and Dyer haven't done in kind of like, you know, 30, 40 caps for, for England. You know, he... That's that's how good he can be. Um, he's he's just a really good versatile player. He's got a lot of energy. He's a great reader of the game. He's good in the tackle, but he's also good on the ball as well. Switching play, kind of that kind of quick passing, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, he's just he's just a really impressive player. And I think he has come on. Um, he's come on uh, as far as England. Uh, England and Man City are concerned since the arrival um, at City and since obviously being um, being tutored under under Pep. So, um, yeah, just an amazing week for Delph. And then obviously played at left-back for City against, um, against West Ham. And that is obviously due to the fact that, uh, that Mendy's out. Uh, and Mendy's out again. Um, and he's out, I think, the, the kind of the, the prognosis or whatever you want to call it was kind of 10 to 12 weeks. So, just to kind of, uh, let's be honest, Mendy has had, um, he's had a bit of a kind of an up and down, he's probably had had an up and down season, he's always had an up and down time since he's been at City, bearing in mind, when he has played, he's been awesome, generally, um, lots of assists, gives us kind of that different kind of dynamic on that left hand side, pushing forward, Um, but there are chinks in his armour. Um, he can be loose defensively. We've seen that particularly in the first half against Spurs at Wembley a few weeks ago. And he, this season in particular, he just hasn't kind of hit, been that consistent. He's had highs, undoubtedly, in the first few games of the season, getting all of those assists. I mean, I think he got more assists in his first few matches than I think some of the attacking United players have got in kind of like a couple of seasons. You know... It, he, he brings a different dynamic to City and he can be, he, you know, he's only kind of 24, 25, I think he's, and he can be, an, he can be an absolute kind of worldie for City for the next, um, for the next kind of, you know, half a dozen years or so. So it, there's, for me, I don't think we need um, to replace Mendy. I don't think we need a, um, to buy anything in January. I know Pep in a recent press conference has said that we will not be buying anybody in January. I think that's the right call. Um, we've got cover there. We've got Zinchenko, and obviously we've got Delph, who let's not forget was part, a big part of the hundred-point centurion season last, se- you know, last year or last season. So, and, and Mendy was out for most of that. Delph played in his position, and Delph shined in his position, like he did at the weekend against West Ham. So I've got no issues with um, City not buying anybody. There are. Um, there are some players out there that you could buy. There's, you know, Juve's left uh, Brazilian left back, who's, um, who's, by all accounts, doing really well at the moment. But I just don't. I feel like Mendy is the long term. Um, yes, like I said, uh, he, he has his faults. But um, but 
Delft does an absolutely amazing job when he plays there. Yes, yeah, not his kind of favoured position, but he's not, you know, at the moment he's realistically, he's not going to oust um, Fernandinho from that defensive midfield position. And he's not really that kind of the long-term replacement for Fernandinho either. He's not really that answer. He could be for perhaps a season or so, I'm not sure. Um, but I think as far as Delft concerned and I think perhaps there may, might be and I'm sure he's kind of determined behind the scenes and kind of wants maybe a more um, of a regular starting place in his favoured position but I think there has to be a kind of um, uh, an acceptance almost that actually maybe he won't play every match or maybe he won't be allowed to play in his kind of favoured position but actually as long as he's contributing to the squad and to the team and winning trophies and being part of this kind of amazing squad and journey that City are on under Pep then I think he's probably got to be happy with that. And for me, I would keep Delph. I'd keep Delph long-term. I'd give him a new contract. I think he's worth it. I think he can play in multiple positions. And I think, you know, having him as the kind of cover at left-back, it works. It worked last season. It didn't affect us um, adversely. And we got, you know, we got 100 points, like we said. So it's it's not it's not like it's, it's a major issue. I think it is a major concern that Mendy is getting lots of injuries. I think that is a major concern. I think it's a slight concern um, that uh, the whole city squad seem to <laughs> seem to have picked up kind of niggling injuries over the past kind of couple of weeks or so. But um, but uh, yeah, I just I just feel like Delph has done so well recently. He's so professional. Um, he's not one of the kind of the outstanding kind of you know um, mercurial talents that we've got. Clearly not. But actually, he's just as important as they are. So, um, so yeah, really impressive week for Delphi. Continues to kind of impress and shine, um, both for City and for England. And I would say long may that continue. And I think his performance against Croatia in particular just showed that actually City and England have a have a potential a really strong kind of centre midfielder there that can kind of possibly do the job of um, of Fernandinho if he ever gets injured but at the moment Fernandinho has he ever been out injured I can't remember a time when is he, has he ever been out is that a thing can we check that can anybody check that has he ever been out injured I think he's been suspended because you know he tends to pick up a, a yellow card pretty much every game but yeah um so I think it's gonna yeah it's gonna be really difficult from the kind of Delft point of view to kind of oust Fernandinho not not only because just how well he's playing but just because he never seems to get injured either, which is um, which is obviously a big problem for him. And I don't think he would wish injury on Fernandinho either. But um, yeah, let's be let's be honest. It's a it's a it's it's a kind of a nice not a nice problem to have. But it's just uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Delph's just a really good player to to be in the squad. Like I said, similar to kind of uh, to Milner, and he's kind of taken I think, taken that spot from Milner and being kind of that guy, the go-to guy. If you need a problem, you know who you're going to call. It's Fabian Dalfi, yeah, not not Ghostbusters. Um, so yeah, just again, just uh, so kudos, hats off to, to Fabian Delph. Um, and I said, long may that continue. And hopefully, um, if he continues to shine, we'll get um, hopefully a new a new contract. So, um, but yeah, moving on to the victory against West Ham at the London Stadium, four 0 Another impressive victory from City. We continue to impress to shine to play football the Premier League has never seen before especially on this kind of consistent basis it's just ridiculous it's impressive um, there are no real other words to say it's just it's great it's, it's, it's amazing watching them 
and um, and I just I just I don't I look forward to every match and it's just so even yeah the investment from from um, from Sheikh Mansour and the Abu Dhabi United group has been there for what 10 years now um, and it's still I think I'm slowly now come round to the fact that we uh, especially since Pep arrived but we are now going to win every match that kind of acceptance that there's a good chance we're going to win every match um, and to kind of try and sit back and relax and enjoy that um, you know ever since I was uh, a City fan growing up in the kind of the 90s and obviously the early noughties um, the, it's not been <laughs> It's not been that much. It's been there's been fun along the way, ups and downs, relegations and relegations and promotions and promotions and relegations and more promotions, um, and then a lot of kind of mediocrity along the way. But now um, it's you know suffice to say we are on a we are we're on a kind of a journey that we've not really been on before. Yes, the kind of investment's been there, but there's still been kind of highs and lows along the way. We obviously won it in 2012, and then we kind of the disappointment in 2013 with losing to, losing the league to United, Fergie's last season, the FA Cup loss. Um, when I was there with my brother, and it was a good day up until the last minute of that match. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's it's just um, it's it's just kind of slowly adjusting your mind to the fact that actually um we're we're you know we're an absolutely quality one of the best teams if not the best team in the world and we're going to win every match and you kind of you know listen to a kind of a few previews on the radio online that kind of thing and you kind of people say oh yeah no they'll absolutely smash west ham and kind of in my mind i know that that's definitely on the cards and i know that's a thing that's gonna that possibly could have happened and obviously in fact it did happen but um you're still something in your mind kind of telling you like but this is city this is not gonna <laughs> this is not gonna be plain city but they're kind of you have to forget all that you have to try and get your mind around the fact that no we are now uh, probably the best team in world football i'd say um and we have to expect that not only we're going to win these matches when we go to places like, you know, away to West Ham, but actually there's a good chance that we're going to absolutely smash them like we did. So, um, so yeah, another um, amazing performance. I'm not going to go through every single um, every single player um, and kind of detail, you know, who did well or whatever. But um, I think there's a, definitely a few players to point out. I mean, the first one, I suppose, um, even though it's kind of not a, a major thing or a major issue, but actually Edison. Um, not Edison's necessarily performance because he didn't really have kind of too much to do. I think he made kind of one a pretty decent save, but um, just the fact that he didn't give a penalty, <laughs> I suppose, is the the good thing to note and the good good thing that um, didn't happen against West Ham. Um, obviously, he didn't give in a couple away in a row. Um, and I know I said before on a pre- in the pre- one of the previous episodes, it's just something to look out for, something to kind of be wary of, I guess. Edison because he is. Um, you know that kind of sweeper keeper um, style he's gonna have those instances where it's kind of flip of a coin whether he gets it or whether the attacker gets it and we've seen that we've seen that in the last few weeks where he's made the decision to come out and he's given two penalties away they're both blatant penalties you know you can't argue with them but then as you kind of have seen um, previously I think he came out against kind of like Hoffenheim I think it was away where he's kind of come out into the middle of nowhere um, I think Shakhtar maybe that happened as well and also kind of like last season if you remember obviously the, the Sadio Mane challenge where he just makes it before Sadio Mane um, and obviously ends up uh, having to be take off with a, with a cut face so you know these things um, they can be on a bit of a knife edge 
and hopefully he's just on the kind of the right side of those things um generally his decision making is amazing like i've said before he is um he is the starting point he is the the everything good that happens with city generally starts with with edison he kind of sets the ball sets the tempo um and uh, and i I think with you know if you don't have edison in that team you of course you, you've still got David Silva, you've still got Evan De Bruyne when he's back, you've still got Bernardo Silva, Sterling, Sane, you know Gabriel Jesus, you've got all those amazing attacking players, and things are still going to happen at the other end of the pitch. But I think he just kind of sets the scene, sets the tempo, gets kind of puts City on the right footing. Um, so it's just good that he obviously didn't get, didn't give away um, a penalty. But other than that, probably not too much to talk about, I suppose, um, from Edison's point of view. I think um, one. Before we move on to Sane and Sterling, I think it's really important to to note uh, David Silva's performance against West Ham. And for me, um, I know I think that Sane got one of them. Actually, obviously got a, got an assist and two goals. But for me, Silva. For me, David Silva was the man of the match. He's just, it's just, it genuine, it genuinely makes me upset and almost worse to tears to think that in a few years time it could literally be two or three seasons time that he will not be in a city shirt um anymore and that generally it genuinely gets me upset that, that, that i'm sorry but that that is that is not a nice place to be thinking and he seems to be getting better with age this season he for me he's by far the outstanding um player in the premier league He's been City's best player, and I know, I think I said last, I'm kind of flip-flopping here, but I know I think I said in one of the last episodes that Fernandinho and his, his obviously his performance against um, against United has kind of maybe perhaps put him, a, put him ahead, but I just think the more I watch David Silva, the more I kind of just think, you know what, actually, no. Um, you know, the you're going to have to be an, a very special talent um, someone like kind of like Fabio Cannavaro, for instance, who got World Pro of the Year when Italy won won the World Cup it to be that kind of defensive player a defensive midfielder or a defender to win kind of an A's prestigious player of the season player of the year world player of the year, whatever you're going to have to be a pretty decent player or your team's just not very good and it's pretty me- mediocre um, like you know Richard Dunn winning the, the, the player of the year award at City for, was it like four or five seasons or something in a row um, so you know you're going to you're either kind of in mediocrity or if you're kind of doing really well um, you're going to have to be absolutely outstanding or perhaps um, your attacking play in terms of um, the, the players ahead of you not not so great. I suppose that was the case with Italy and the fact that actually they had some really good attacking talent. Actually, the main thing that they were really strong with was their defence. So, therefore, Fernandinho, as well as he's done and as well as he keeps doing, and the fact that he's been absolutely outstanding um, this season... For me, nobody in not even City's team, no one in the in the Premier League has come comes close to the level that David Silva's performing at this season, um, and and yeah, and I think for me, I'm kind of yeah. Well, it's it's really difficult because so many players in City have played so well this season. If you kind of just mention a few of them, but we'll go with the kind of like we'll go with the top five. Probably something that we'll kind of try to constantly maybe review as the season goes on. I think it's. Um, not important, but it's kind of good. It's quite fun, isn't it? To kind of to see which players doing well, and which ones are um, uh, kind of what you know what everyone else thinks. So I think for me, David Silva definitely number one so far. I think Fernandinho number two. He's just been immense this season. He's just continues to improve. 
he he is you know I, without him I just don't know what um, City would do for going to uh, defensively. I think the only, like I said, I've said before, the only player that I can see that I regularly see and watch that does kind of like or could do a similar job is uh, is Angola Kante. Um, but actually, Fernandi, he seems to I don't know. He just it, for me even even better than him at the moment. He just seems to be on the front foot. His passing is just immense. His energy is is fantastic um, and just just a great great player I don't know who kind of scouted him from Shakhtar but kudos to that man um, because ever since he's played ever since he's played for City he's been doing that and people have not been not been noticing that not reflecting on that not kind of um, uh, praising him for that but I know that he's been doing that for City for a very long time um, but this season he seems to have kind of gone to another level in terms of uh, in terms of his performance. So kudos to Fernandinho. He's at my number two. We'll go with number three for me, Bernardo Silva. So that kind of triangle in kind of centre midfield where you've got um, Fernandinho in that kind of little pivot position, the kind of quarterback position, and then the kind of two ahead of him or the, to the left and the right of him, um, uh, both the Silvers. And I think Bernardo... Um, obviously, he's uh, he got injured. I think it was on, on international duty. It doesn't seem to be too serious. I think he might only be out for kind of a week or two. Um, he's obviously not travelling to the Leon game tonight. But um, for me, Bernardo Silva, he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I knew he would be. He was kind of I kind of made the call at the beginning of the season that I thought he would be um, the not only cities, but I think he would be the league's player of the season just because I think he is that good. Um, and he, he can be absolutely fantastic for me. He is that cross between kind of David Silva and Messi. He's, he's, you know, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but believe me, he's going to be that good. He's just immense. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, I think kind of playing centrally allows him to kind of have that freedom to kind of to go wide and pick the ball up, or come inside and have that trickery and have more shots at goal and create create lots and have the interplay of David Silva and the front players with Aguero and such like so I think that works really well Um, I think he's been my third best player of the season so far I think number four has to go to Raheem Sterling just having an absolute amazing season um, in terms of goals in terms of assists in terms of what he does for City in terms of working hard for um, the, the team tracking back but also the 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 space that he creates for other players the movement the close control are just everything and obviously it's really nice to see that he's playing really well for England as well so yeah for me Raheem Sterling he's number four and then number five um probably quite a, a, an easy one for me but um and good to kind of pay um a little bit of a little bit of praise and kudos to the kind of the defence as a whole, but I think the standout player for me in terms of that back line or that back five um, has easily been Laporte. Absolute beast, um, but also just so silky smooth. He reads the game so well. So I don't think I've seen a defender at City read the game as well as he does, and he. He's very good at one-on-one situations. He's got, he's pacey. He's not the kind of quickest. He's not, you know, he's not Walker, but he's he's decent. Um, but he reads the game so well. He does remind me. I mean, I, I can't say I know um, Beckenbauer that well and is kind of, but from what I've seen of him, um, just from kind of old clips and things like that, and just how kind of commanding he was and just how smooth and silky and just kind of confident and just it looked like you would never get past him Laporte kind of is is that guy for me um, for City so 
yeah, just uh, he's been he's played absolutely outstanding, and I think um, uh, I think that that tar- that that top five's probably pretty accurate based on um, how how well City have done this season. So yeah, uh, top five let's quickly run through it. So I got yeah David Silva number one, Fernandinho number two, Bernardo Silva number three, Sterling number four, and Laporte number five. So we'll kind of um, kind of maybe have a look after the Christmas period to see see um, if there's been any kind of like changes to that to see which players have done well over um, over the Christmas period obviously the one player that I've kind of missed out that I thought been doing particularly well this season is Sergio Aguero obviously he's top goal scorer in the Premier League um, I think he's looked really really sharp but I think just overall and just how kind of City have played and a reflection on maybe how well the midfield is playing and those creative players you just kind of for me you can't look past them and the defensive stability that Laporte's um, given us um, and yeah just lots of kind of factors really but I just I just kind of think, yeah, Aguero is kind of playing me the one omission that I'm, um, that I've missed. But I just think his his overall game. Um, I think even though he's looked a bit sharper this season, probably still needs. He either needs to just bang in more goals or just to improve the kind of his his his, his all around game just a little bit. I guess I don't know. That's it's a bit harsh, really, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's banging in the goals. He's looked sharper than he ever does. But I just think it's more, it's not necessarily a reflection on he's not that playing that well. I think he is playing well. I think it's more a reflection on the fact that those five players that I've named ahead of him are just playing that well. So um, so there's nothing, you know, not too much you can do if they're, if they're, if they're performing at that such high level. So, um, and yeah, just a quick reflection on, um, on uh, Sane and Sterling. Um Really interesting, obviously, like last season. Do you remember, like, remember the first few games of the season? Sane and Sterling didn't really get a look in. Um, we we did really well in those games, so it wasn't like um, it kind of felt like a, a change was needed or change was coming. I suppose it was just a bit. I think you kind of looked at it perhaps from afar that, oh, maybe, you know, Sterling, Sterling, they're not, not playing, not starting, what's kind of going on there. But that's probably more of a reflection on the fact that Mendy at that time was fit. Um, and then, like we said before, it gives us more options. And you don't necessarily need those kind of flying wingers um, when Mundy and Walker are, are playing because they kind of do that almost like wing-back job, wing-back ro- role. So it means you can kind of invert those attacking players a little bit more. Um, but anyway, it's, like I said, at the, at, at the weekend, we've kind of you almost gone back to... Um, the kind of the inverted fullbacks almost with like obviously the fact that Delft playing allows you to do that Walker's really good at, as well I think he's definitely improved since Pep's come in terms of that tactical display but Sterling, Sterling and Sane the way they link up just how fast they are um, where obviously Sterling, Sane knows that Sterling's going to be in the box um, for those kind of little cutbacks um, and I know a lot of Sterling's goals come from like those little tappings in, in inside the, the six yard box. But I mean, you've got to be there. You've got to make the run. You've got to have the pace. You've got to have the awareness. Um, and he does that. And he does that in space. He does that consistently. Um, and, you know, you can say, oh, that's it. You know, well, I don't think it's been said before. Oh, if I was in that team, you know, people bring up these phone ins. Like, oh, if I was in that team, I would score as many goals as, as Sterling. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Because let's be honest, you're, you know, you're probably some, um, you know, some unfit uh, bloke who, <laughs> yeah, who can't run five yards about um, getting out of breath. And at the end of the day, you you can't underestimate how well Sterling does to get into those positions to to effectively um, 
read read the play so he's at the right position at the right time to connect with the ball when the ball comes across um, and make kind of those split split spec, split second uh, decision in you know in that moment to kind of go front post near post or go the other side of the fence and defence and stay on side. He does it consistently. He's absolutely brilliant at it. Um, and hopefully, long may that continue as long as um, Sane and Sterling play on both those wings. They're both so young as well, and they're in such a high um, a high level at such a young age. It's crazy. It's frightening from kind of. Um, from my point of view, being a City fan, just maybe where they could go in terms of their career and how well they, they're going to do it by the end of their career. And let's, let's bear in mind, um, a kind of, let's say Bayern Munich, for instance, with, um, with Robin and Ribéry on, on both wings. They were, they were winning Bundesliga after Bundesliga and the Champions League with those two on the wings. But they were in like they were in their thirties, I think. Definitely their late twenties. Well, I think they were in their early thirties when that was hap- when that was generally um, happening. You know, they, this is not um, this is not. It's, I don't know. It just it just amazes me that St- Sane and Sterling um, could possibly be with the city for the next like ten years, like ten years, <laughs> yeah, is it, uh, ten years. You know, that's a whole generation of players coming and going. And they'll still hopefully be there on the wings, banging in the goals, setting up each other. Um, and like I said, similar kind of Robin and Ribery would have been doing that for Bayern Munich. But they weren't doing that when they were in their kind of like mid, you know, mid-20s together. They were doing that late 20s, early 30s. Um, but Sane and Sterling could be doing that or have been doing that last season together could be doing that are doing that this season it could be doing that for the next 10 seasons and it just or more (laughs) it just it just amazes me the potential um that we that we have um in those two it's frankly frightening um and it's just uh, i'm just really looking for it's so 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 good to see um the link at play between them both kind of setting each other up um uh, again i think obviously you know it's, it's, it's happened before early in the season it happened last season um, Sane's assists um, have been um, ridiculous um, definitely like last season obviously that's why part of the reason why he won young player of the year um, and you know we can and why he didn't go to to the World Cup is is beyond me and I think he showed for Germany this season already with a couple of goals that he scored that he should have gone uh, to the World Cup and it's a bit of a kind of travesty really that he didn't so um, so yeah long may that continue and it kind of it just goes so obviously we've got kind of Mares um, on waiting in the wings you, know, you can play kind of Bernardo wide Gabriel Jesus can play wide and like I said when you play Mendy and Walker they're both fit which is not obviously going to be the case for the next 10 to 12 weeks but when they are you can kind of have that kind of different scenario you can play kind of more players uh, a little bit more centrally um because you have uh, Mendy that's so good and Walker's so good on both sides, um, kind of patrolling patrolling those wings. So it gives us options. Um, we're playing so well at the moment. Um, our goal difference is just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I think we're on course. I think I saw that we're on course for 102 points at the moment. Um, can you imagine if we beat uh, the... Um, the 100 point uh, barrier again but actually beat last season can you imagine if that happens it's just it's going to be ridiculous if that happens it's going to be amazing but like um i know that all the questions and i think um 
uh, I put out on the on the at Man City podcast um, at Man City Voice podcast um, handle on Twitter whether we would um, go undefeated throughout the whole season and got fair, like um, quite a, fair, a few votes to be fair on that and it's quite kind of quite split down the down the line um, and it was just kind of a bit of a cheeky one really just because obviously it doesn't really it doesn't really matter does it let's be honest if we um, if we go unbeaten as long as we win the league and I think that's kind of like the, the main thing and I know that um, but you know knowing Pep and how important it was to hit that 100 point barrier and just how pleased he was when we did that and I know obviously even if we would have only got um, 98 points it still would have been amazing we still broke the record we still had all those other records we still won 18 in a row we got the most away wins highest goal difference most goals scored all that kind of stuff um you know, we still would have hit those, but it's just kind of that 100-point mark. It's just, that is, it's something else, isn't it? It's something um, extra. And, you know, you're never going to get a, a, a clean answer between who's the best, who's it, is it the Invincibles? Is it the 99 United team or the 08 United team? Or is it, um, is it the, the, the 2018 City Centurion team? Um, for me, clearly, it's the Centurion team, um, without doubt. I think all of those records, the fact that it's 100 points, the fact we scored so many goals, we only conceded one less, uh, one more, sorry, than that Invincible side, but scored, but scored more, like more than thir- about 30 goals more than them. One, like, I think it's uh, eight more than the matches than there. It, you know, the I think the records... Um, speak for themselves, but also the way we played. And I know the Invincibles team had a really good um, attacking, strong line. Obviously, you know, Omri's in their team, and they've got Burkham and Riera and all those and all those players. Perez, um, amazing team, and I loved watching them as a kid. Don't get me wrong; some of the matches that I watched, I think there was one match particularly I remember against like Reading away. They were just fantastic. It was amazing watching. I really liked watching them growing up as um, as a kid. But just, just the way that City have done it the absolute consistency and also the just amount of goals and chances that we create you look at the stats there's if you know stats are one thing and obviously you can you know there's stats and then watching football and players with your eye um, and they can sometimes tell a different story and that's why this kind of like money ball project that some people try to bring into um, into uh, the English game or into football uh, that's why I think it doesn't always work out Um, but you know in this instance the stats don't lie and your eyes don't lie in just how well and how consistent um city plays so um but it will be really interesting like i said we're on course to 102 points um we haven't lost yet we've gone away to arsenal and away to spurs and haven't lost i feel confident of going to old trafford because we just seem to do so well against united and old trafford in particular in recent years um I mean, who else is there? We've got um, Chelsea away coming up, but obviously their recent performance against um, Tottenham, if that's anything to go by, and David Luiz's performance is anything to go by, then uh, why would we fear them? And obviously, just kind of reflecting on that match, and I know it's coming up in a few weeks, and we'll kind of talk a little bit more about um, the, the, the Chelsea match when it's there. But obviously it's kind of it's coming up and it's on the horizon. And it was just at this point last season where we were playing Chelsea. Um, and I think it was, I think for a lot of City fans, we knew we had something special. But I think we were a little bit unsure just how special or how well the season was going to go. And for me, that Chelsea away performance 
um, told told the story of the season, and it was kind of like the turning point for me in terms of my mentality and probably the city um, city players' mentality and realizing that actually, you know what, we can win this thing, we can do this. We beat the champions on their own ground. Not only beat them, and I know it was only one nil, but we dominated. I mean, we absolutely dominated, and to dominate a team that had done so well you know a, a Conte team that had won the season before that don't really give away too many chances or to um, give away too much that are really hard to break down the, the fact that City dominated so much creates kind of so many clear-cut chances could have been a lot more than just 1-0 but um, you know and that beautiful goal from De Bruyne to win it so um, yeah that's coming up in a, in, in a few weeks time um, but just yeah I, I, you don't want to get carried away but you know whilst it's on the cards I think it would be remiss of any kind of City fan or any City kind of commentator or whatever to kind of not mention the fact that it could happen we could go we could go the season unbeaten we're basically into December um, pretty much and we're still unbeaten obviously it happened um, last season and we lost to Liverpool um, and we've got Liverpool coming up at home just after the new year I think it's January 3rd so yeah, I, like like kind of Pep has mentioned a few times, like, it's not really that important that you go through the whole season unbeaten. We lost two matches last season to Liverpool and United, but we still um, got 100 points. We still broke all those records. We'll still be remembered as one of, if not the best Premier League side um, that the that there's ever been. So is it that important? No. Would it be amazing to have an an, an invincible side? Yes, of course. Um, you'll then have the Centurions and the Invincible. And can you just imagine if you had the Invincible Centurions? Um, I don't know why I have to do that in that weird accent, but hey, um, I did. So yeah, just, you know, the the, the Invincible Centurions, there's like a nice ring to it. Um, but yeah, I doubt that we will go through the season unbeaten, and I doubt very much that we will get 100 points again. But you never know, we can kind of look forward to these things with Pep being in charge and just the, the squad being as it is and playing how they are. Um, and uh, and yeah, like I said, looking forward to the Champions League. That is, based on the kind of the, this recording, that is tonight. So we will have another episode of the Man City Voice podcast coming up um, after later on this um, later on this week. We will be reviewing the, the, the obviously the Champions League match against Leon and then the kind of the preview to uh, the Bournemouth match of the weekend. But yeah, as as on tonight's Champions League match against Leon, um, I think the one of the the I suppose the things to know is just the amount of injuries and the players that we haven't taken away with us it's quite a long list obviously so we see Mendy's out De Bruyne's out Bernardo Silva's out Gundogan's out Gabriel Jesus hasn't travelled can't remember if I've missed anyone out but that is a long list um, and I think any other team um, having that long list of injuries go playing away in the Champions League might have kind of a, a slight cause for concern um, but to be honest not me um, I'm not I'm not concerned I know that we lost to Leon in the home leg in the first um, in week one of the Champions League but to be honest with you that was just a bit of a, a bit of a lapse scored a couple of breakaway goals to be fair Leon played really well in that match particularly I'd say first half second half I think City got to grips with it I think we could have scored another goal I think it could have been uh, could have been a draw in that match um, it wasn't we lost but we're now um, we're now sitting pretty at the top of the, the Champions League group we're on nine points we're three points ahead um, of Leon. so as long as we don't um, lose to them tonight we've got another chance basically to um, 
to go through, not only in in the Champions League group, but also to, to to win the group as well. And like it's been said before, it's been said uh, many times, and I will continue to say this: just how important it is to win, win the group. And obviously, it's obvious, isn't it? Win the group, but it does give you it gives you that chance just to play just slightly easier opposition in that kind of next round and it gets you then into the quarterfinals and then who knows from there we obviously got into the the quarterfinals last season where we lost to Liverpool um, but it's happened before where we've won the group we've got through not an easy tie but a fairly kind of straightforward tie bearing in mind it's the Champions League in the kind of last 16 then you're into the quarterfinal we've gone to the semi-final before we lost to Real Madrid a few seasons ago under under Pellegrini um, and you just never know and I think this year has to be the year not where we win it um, obviously I'd love City to win it um, but obviously it's the Champions League it's a cup competition um, just look at Real Madrid I mean Real Madrid um, I think throughout um, Ronaldo's tenure at Real Madrid I think he only won the league twice I believe in about kind of eight nine seasons um, but he won the Champions League four times I mean that, that just goes to show just in fact in, you know in terms of the the kudos and the prestige and all that kind of stuff that goes along with winning the Champions League and the fact that you know you basically if you win the Champions League you're more likely to kind of get chosen in the team of the year and the Ballon d'Or and all that kind of stuff actually um, it's much more difficult to win your own league, especially like the, the, the Premier League with the strong teams that we've got. With Arsenal, how strong they are, and Chelsea, how strong they are, and United, okay, maybe not United, but Spurs, and how strong they are, and obviously Liverpool this season, how and, and how strong they are. And just kind of a side point on that before we go back to the Champions League match, but just fair play to Liverpool um, for keeping up with City. I don't, I thought they potentially could have slipped up this weekend or even any one of the weekends at, um, leading, up to, leading up to this again. I thought we might have a kind of a bigger cushion by now. So, you know, fair play to them. I think Liverpool are doing, um, doing a really good job on the clock. They're not clearly as playing as well as City and I don't think their front three are playing as well as they did last season, but they've got to, you know, clearly shored up that defence with the signings of Alisson and Van Dijk. And they're doing well, and I think you can say kind of fair play um, to them for that. It'd be really interesting to see how they go on at the weekend. They um, have got Everton, it's at, at Anfield, um, but it's um, against Everton. Everton are doing really well at the moment. Um, won kind of a, a good chunk of their last few games um, on a really good form, playing really well um, under Silva. So it'd just be, yeah, be, obviously it's, an, it's a derby match and anything can happen. I think Liverpool have got a fairly decent record against Everton and kind of you know, probably over the last kind of decade or so. So um, uh, probably even longer, but it seems to be that Liverpool come out on top more often than not in those in those matches. But obviously this is effectively a new side with Everton. Lots of investment, lots of really good players playing really well. You know, Sig- uh, um, Sigurdsson, Richarlison, um, Bernard, all that, you know, Walcott playing really well as well. So it's a big, tough challenge for Liverpool at the weekend. And obviously City have got Bournemouth at home. So it kind of like contrasting fixtures in many way. And um, I don't underestimate Bournemouth. I think I really like Eddie Howe. I think he deserves a shot at a, a, a much bigger team, hopefully in the next couple of years. Um, be interesting to see who that might be. But yeah, I'd uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out, but we'll we'll preview that properly, uh, properly, <laughs> prob- uh, properly in the next uh, in the next podcast. Uh, so the the review of the Champions League and uh, and the and the, this week's coming uh, Premier League fixtures. Probably do that on Friday. Um, but yeah, but obviously tonight. I suppose the big talking point really in terms of the Champions League match against Leon is not um, is not really the result because I think I'm pretty confident that you'll get a draw, a draw or a win. 
and that'll be good enough to either obviously see us through, maintain that three-point gap against um, against Leon, or if not, extend it and and see us kind of basically finish top of the group. Um, but the big talking point really is whether we should start Foden. So what do you think? I know that you know I I like to have um, a. Uh, a little focus on Foden I think that's probably what I'm going to call it <laughs> to kind of um, rip off uh, you know, kind of like BBC feature or whatever but um, yeah always uh, until he kind of starts playing regularly and as a regu- regular feature in the City team just like to kind of review how he's going how he's how he's progressing um, uh, and he's obviously played more minutes I think this season than he did um, last season it was very close um, uh, he obviously got quite a lot of minutes against um against West Ham at the weekend I think more than he's generally had this season in the Premier League so yeah I think would you know would you start him um you know what I definitely would start him I don't think it's a risk I you know I know he's only 18 he is an experience um it's you know his game is kind of far far from you know the finished article or whatever um but I think it's a fairly low risk it's you know, we're top of the Champions League group by three points. We have got quite a few injuries. He could, he could kind of mess around with kind of playing uh, maybe Sterling or Mares in that kind of like, uh, you know, um, slightly reserved number ten position, I suppose, or kind of more centrally where Bernardo Silva would play. You could, you can easily kind of play play Mares there. Um, I think he could do a job there. I think he's, he, you know, he's he's a decent player. He's really, he's kind of very cultured. Um, so I think he could do a job there. But I just think the long term, if you're going to continue to play that that formation uh, whilst Pep's there, long term, I think Foden needs to get a chance there. And actually, when he played in the World Cup for the England and 17s, he basically played when he played kind of a little bit further right I think he kind of basically played on the right hand side they have like inverted wingers so when they started it was like Foden and Sancho on, on, on both wings um, but then obviously Sancho had to go back and they played Hudson Adoy who did it, uh, amazing as well so um, yeah I think I would I would play Foden I think it's like I said it's not a risk for me it's he's he's every time he's come on he looks like he's part of he's part of the team and if you were a if you would have Bought, I think if you would have bought him as a player from another club, or if he was kind of a, you know a foreign player or whatever, I think by now you would have said that he deserves a bit more of a chance. Bearing in mind what he's done in matches, particularly in the League Cup matches, you know that match against um, Oxford where he was man of the match and he got a couple of assists and he got his goal. Um, you know, I think for me he's deserved his chance to get more time, and I think this is the perfect opportunity. Obviously, we've got De Bruyne out, Bernardo Silva out, Gundogan out. Why would you not play him? So. I know that kind of his favoured position, or where um, where where Pep likes to play him is that kind of um, basically in the David Silver position, that kind of left hand side um, of of centre midfield. But I, I would see no issue with playing him um, just where Bernardo Silva's been playing this season, just to, just to the right on the opposite side. Where so I don't know. Well, well, you, you for me, I. I don't think it's like a no-brainer. Like I said, you could play, um, you could play Mares, Sterling, and Sane with Aguero up top, or you could kind of go, uh, or you could play Gabriel Jesus with Aguero, um, and perhaps go with kind of in, uh, you know, two wingers, and maybe have um, uh, Gabriel Jesus kind of dropping in there a little bit. 
I don't know. I think he's got he's got options. I would like also to see Gabriel Jesus get a little bit more time. Um, I think that will come. Obviously, we've got a lot of fixtures coming up this um, this uh, this busy Christmas period. So so we'll see. So we'll see, kind of see how that goes. But yeah, for me, I would start. Um, I would start Foden definitely. I think that's that's the way to go. That's the way to do it. Um, so yeah, so we'll just see what kind of happens um, this weekend. So I'd, I'd I'd like to see it. I'd like to see um, I'd like to see see Foden start. So yeah, um, but yeah, we're well, well, looking forward to the Champions League matches um, uh, tonight. Um, hopefully, we can get the victory. Obviously, we're playing um, playing really well at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'd like like to obviously see a victory but I think a draw would be would be it would be fine as well so um so yeah so I'd so that's it really so um that's another episode of the Man City Voice podcast obviously you know get involved comment um you know listen to previous episodes um where you can contact us at the at Man City Voice uh, podcast handle or contact uh, my own personal one which is at soccer pm um would uh, review the Champions League fixture and the the Premier League um in uh in the next episode i think we'll record that on friday um but yeah you know get involved and and thanks for listening